favorite segment of picks now and, and what a game we have to start off with here Brian it's it's Niners at Eagles we really hope as you were saying the other day this turns out to be the the NFC championship game that we didn't get last season obviously because of the injury to Brock Purdy which ruined that one uh, as a contest and um, Niners on a roll Eagles they're 10 and 1 they've the best record in the league they're finding every which way but literally every which way but lose they 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 they, they find a way to pull games out to games recently in which they've been outgained by both the Chiefs and the Bills and yet they put W's on the board this is what they do all day long and um, it's a fascinating fascinating clash strength on strength on strength on strength pretty much wherever you look who has the power to to to, to come out on top in this arm wrestle this is one of the most difficult games of the weekend to, to pick from from and, and rightly so I mean it is two standout teams in the NFC we touched on it so many times but the NFC has six or seven teams there's an abundance of teams that could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl realistically I don't think any of us would argue it's, it's these two who in all likelihood would be one of them would be representing the AFC come, come February in Vegas it's it's one of those and for all the concern around this Eagles team we touched on they're 10 and 1 they're not playing at the level which we saw last year they're not even favorites going this game I was reflecting on the odds on this game Look at Quinn Bay earlier this evening. Like they're they're two point underdogs. Like essentially, they're, the the expectation is the 49ers are going to go in there and win on Sunday by three points minimum. And I kind of get away from the Eagles. Like, Sorry, that that's on Nick Sirianni's whiteboard right away. Like he's oh, absolutely, an but, absolute meal out of that in the, yeah, in the locker room. Yeah. No doubt about it. And he did it last year. They don't like, respect oh, us. How many times last year did he uh, did he put things up on the whiteboards around certain comments, certain people, not necessarily even the people in which they were playing against? But it was motivated the team. I thought there was some chinks in the armor last week because the offensive line struggled at times last week against the Bills defense. But when it came ultimately when it came down to the Bills defense couldn't do enough to, to stop them. The 49ers obviously will think they can stop them. I think we touched on it recently around deficits going into four quarters or deficits in the second half and how teams react to it, how teams don't panic. And Kyle Shannon he's yet to kind of get that team over the line with if struggling games it's a deficit there and they get back and win the game and kind of prove a point where the Eagles time and time again are never gone they're never dead it's a, as Conor Moses refers to certain things around the fair year where you know he just never gave in and that's the way the mantle of which, which this team the Eagles are, are, are dealing with right now they just don't know how they don't know when they're lost and they, like if it wasn't for some strange and unusual plays in that Jets game which we were travelling back from London that evening Conor they could have been easy been unbeaten going into this game it's Eagles for me on Sunday. I think they should be favourites. They're at home. But I think the only thing the could stop them coming to the Super Bowl is themselves if they, you know, take the foot off the gas. Because the difficulty we find with NFC teams um, is that when your one seed is locked up so early, how do you navigate the rest of the season? Do you play, let players play? Do you sit players? And you get back in. Last year, they found it easy enough to come back and put it right. I'm not sure when that's always going to be the case. That would concern me. I think you're better off being playing proper football going into the playoffs. I think the way the Eagles are going, they won't have to. Eagles for me. Colin, Brian has already touched on some of these points. Your your case for the Eagles is that they could easily be unbeaten. If you want to make the case the other way, you say Commanders had two good opportunities to down them. They lost the game to the Jets. Chiefs probably should have beaten them. Bills had a really good chance to beat them. And, and, and it could be a very different scenario if those results hadn't gone the Eagles' way. Yeah, um, no, I mean, look, the, the Eagles haven't played well, which, you know, again, you can look at it and say they have yet to find top gear. And if they do that, my goodness, watch out. 
Um, equally, you can say some something isn't right, and and I I keep going back to it. I I think not having Shane Steichen is, is a little bit of an issue. Uh, I I do believe that he you know has the the magic dust and he has a real feel, um, but they they find ways. And again, the, the the piece Connor isn't that it isn't just say Jalen Hurts or it isn't just. Um, AJ Brown. It is that it's different guys every week. Like they have all of these players. Um, so if it if it isn't Hurts, if it isn't AJ Brown, it's the the kicker. Um, uh, ma- making um those kicks. It's um Slay coming up with huge plays when needs be. It's the um the pass rushers getting home. Um, so I I think there. Are, like they are, they're serious business. That said, the Niners are going into this with a real chip on their shoulder, a real chip on on their shoulder, and they're going to want to um, to prove what they can can do. Um, I I think these te- I think these teams will meet again in the NFC Championship game, and I may pick differently on that occasion I think they likely will pick differently on that occasion but I'm going to say the the Niners um get uh, a modicum of revenge on uh, on Sunday um but that Nick Sirianni and the Eagles will use that and will ride that wave for the rest of the season well, I'm going to pick that baton up there because I think that's a really interesting point and I've been going back and forward in my head not o- not only on the pick but also on who's motivated more to win this one and who's going to have more of a chip on their shoulder as you've you know eloquently put it the Niners will feel like we never got to give the account of ourselves and we would have beaten you if we had Brock Purdy and you know all of that that sustained them and, and put them on this revenge tour um, for this season but the Eagles will be looking at it going you know in, in Sirianni's fashion you touched on it just the other night how he's the embodiment of what you'd expect a Philadelphia Eagles coach to be he's, he's exactly like the fans in that city he's loud and he's brash and he's chippy and he's going to be looking at this like nobody respects us. How, how dare people suggest that the Niners would have beaten us if, if all their guys had started? Look, look what we we accomplished last season, and we're only getting started. And um, all of that we've talked about, as 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 you said, you know, you can choose your analogy. Are they like the the Fergie era United? Are they like the the Jim Gavin era Dubs? If they don't have to be playing at their best, somebody will always step up. Somebody comes up in a big spot when they need them most, even if it's the even if it's the kicker. All of that said, though, I don't think that there's a team in the conference or potentially even in the league that's better equipped to go into the link and, and win in a fair fight than than the 49ers and if it remains a fair fight and if everybody stays fit and active and as they should be um, and I, I do take your point on board Brian and I think kind of like you Colin I might pick differently if this ends up being the championship game because of my question mark as you raised it over Kyle Shanahan and I'm not sure when it gets right down to it, it you know when it's when it's cojones in the wheelbarrow time is, is Kyle the man that makes the right call? You know, we've seen too many examples of that going the other direction. But I actually do think San Francisco are going to win this one. And I think it's coming a right time for them in terms of the, the momentum that they have. I think they arguably need it more than Philly because they really want that number one seed, which is still potentially in grasp. And they know well the Eagles have to go and play the Cowboys next week too, that they're going through a bit of a gauntlet at the moment. Like, yes, so far they've beaten the Chiefs, they've beaten the, the Bills and this, you know, run of, of, of really difficult games that they've got couldn't have gotten off to a better start but 
you keep going to the well in these one-score games, and eventually you get one that goes against you. And I think that this is this is one that will go against the Eagles. Could they and will they still make the Super Bowl? I think that's still still a very very high possibility. And you know, when it comes down to the playoffs, I might go the the other way, but I'm I'm going Niners for this one. So I was going to throw one more word before we move on, because I know we've got to be clear against it. If they were to lose, if the, if the result goes the way which you are forecasting, and then they were to get toppled in Dallas that next week, which is a legitimate legitimate possibility, bearing in mind how successful the Cowboys have been at home this season. What will the pick be if the game is played in San Fran as opposed to played in Philly come championship game? Because I might reverse my selection and go for Niners on that, on that, yeah, on that, that's, that occasion. That's too many variables. Now we're playing 3D chess. I'm getting, I'm yeah, getting lost. Yeah, reserve, yeah. reserve the right <laughs> to come back to that one. Um, but we move forward with Browns at Rams, Brian. Um, both still very much in the playoff picture here. You know, there, there's reasons for Cleveland not to be cheerful with everything that's gone on and with the quarterback entry and so on. And yes, they, they can find ways to win and, and they have found ways to win. They have this incredible defense that we've talked about time in and time out. The Rams, we, we've spoken at length on, on this show throughout the season about how impressed we've been and, and how notable it is, how joyous Sean McVay and that locker room seems to be at the moment about the, the hit the gems that they've unearthed. And they have everybody fit and everybody coming together, almost everybody just at the right time. Uh, this is quite an intriguing little encounter, I think. Yeah, like if the Browns, for me, had Sean Watson quarterback right now, no matter what we think of him and the inconsistency, he's not playing at the level we saw three years ago, I'd be convinced the Browns are going to the playoffs. Absolutely, 100%. Um, the right intrigue going into the game last week, obviously a difficult day out in, in my eye, and their quarterback, who, who was selected ahead of P.J. Walker, is out of concussion and looks unlikely he'll play this weekend. So we're very back to PJ Walker. There's a rationale and a reason as to why they didn't go with him in the first place after the Sean Watson injuries. They're not convinced by him. We spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, Connor, after the Seattle game, in which the Browns on the road defensively dominated for three and a half quarters, and yet they found a way to allow a late touchdown. But a lot of that was down to the inconsistency of PJ Walker in that game, the number of interceptions. And I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, they've got the Jags next week. They've got the Texans to come two weeks later. The Bears are in there. I, I see a fall-off for the Browns now. I think defensively, I think defensively they're going to struggle against the Rams' offense. That's been quite high-scoring and outpowering. And, and Williams come back as a huge, huge addition to him to have him back. He saw last weekend three touchdowns. It's the Rams for me, and the Rams are right in the mix for the playoffs. And I think um, on Sunday... I think they're going to beat the Browns. I really do. I think the Browns team are going to struggle for large parts unless this defense can keep them in games and they win four quarter. But don't see it because of the quarterback situation. Yeah, same as for me. I think it's it's fairly open and shut. I I think it's a Rams win as as well, Colin. With one thing that might potentially uh, overturn my judgment, which is for one night only, we may get Joe Flacco back. We are getting Joe Flacco, from what I understand, um, within the last little while. Uh, Kevin Stefanski stepped up to the podium and he announced that Joe Flacco is the backup QB. So if Dorian can't go, which is looking unlikely at this point, Joe Flacco will start ahead of PJ Walker. And I have been privy to the Joe Flacco show. Um, and uh, it is not pretty. He caught fire uh, once, um, and what that was a, a very interesting 
uh, Super Bowl run for the Ravens. Definitely would recommend uh, Bill Simmons' magnificent piece, which is now a decade old, uh, daring to ask the head question um, to to people. Um, really goes into that kind of Super Bowl run that the the Ravens had. Um, Joe Flacco ain't it. Um, and it's uh, unfortunate for long-suffering Browns fans that this is the situation they find themselves in. Uh, Stefanski says he is hopeful um, and he thinks that Miles Garrett will play. But when the player himself said that um, he heard something pop in his shoulder, like that's that's not good. Um, and I think that's probably speaking to the fact that they need him out there. The reason I think the Rams will run is because I think what you saw didn't like the interesting thing to me last week. And, and this was um, JOK. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was absolutely fantastic against the Broncos. But the Broncos were able to run on the Rams um, and they utilized um their, their two running backs, be it Javante or be it P. Ryan, to neutralize Miles Garrett. And they basically ran away from him for the entirety of the game. I think Sean McVay will have looked at that. And I think the Rams, incredibly, Sean McVay has kind of gone back to basics on his approach. When you look at the Rams team that went to that first Super Bowl, ultimately the, the Patriots shut them down. But that season... Um, Connor, they were. It was all about the the run game. The run game was what got everything going, and Sean McVay has gone back to that, and they are using all sorts of kind of different concepts to get into really good running situations. I think they will have seen what the the Broncos have done. We know that this is a magpie league. That's the reality. Sean McVay is a very smart coach, and I think that that is what they will look to to do. Um. It 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 won't be easy. They're not going to score thirty seven points this week, but I think they probably have enough because I just don't think the Browns will be able to to score uh, enough. I, I just don't think Flacco, um, or if it is Dorian, I don't think either of them will be able to, to score enough. Brian, the Sunday night island game is Chiefs at Packers, and um, this uh, another intriguing one. And um, the Chiefs coming off that loss against Philadelphia played. Las Vegas over the weekend and you know for an alarming start to the game I'm sure a lot of Chiefs fans were thinking oh no is this where the wheels come off it really was going the wrong way and then they came roaring back um, as as we're used to seeing them do um, over recent season but it doesn't quite look right and you know this is not the greatest time to be rolling into Lambeau when the Packers are kind of feeling themselves and getting a few things right and you're seeing that Lafleur ability to scheme people open You've seen the defense make plays. Uh, they were very aggressive uh, in the opening period against Detroit, knocked Detroit off kilter and, and won that Thanksgiving uh, game, uh, although they were underdogs. This is not a bad time from a Green Bay perspective to be welcoming the Chiefs, and it's not a great time from a Kansas City perspective with the way things have been going. This one could could very much be up in the air. Yeah, but I thought, actually, I would I'd go the other way on that game last week. I think, like, don't poke the bear too much, and essentially, I think that's what, the, what we saw last week. The Raiders going fourteen points up on, on the Chiefs, and for me, it was very much a get-right game. You spoke on the show on Monday around the precision of some of Mahomes' passes, some of the passes which we saw we haven't been seeing for quite a while, and in particular, the connection with Kelsey and Prosecco was playing like a, a man with his, with his head on fire at times. He was your boat in terms of the run game and the receptions, and 
Rashid Rice has come to us out. And I think we're, we're expected. We can keep talking about this second half trend and it hasn't really materialised. And then last week, they got it together in the second half. And I think this could be the, the, the shot in the arm that as it gets the Chiefs back where we want to see. We're going into December now. This is when we say they tend to get things right and start playing their best football on them. You asked me on Tuesday, sorry, on Monday, which of the two teams do I see as a, as a legitimate team to go to the playoffs? Is it the Rams or is it the Packers? And I think it's the Rams more so than the Packers. And I think the Chiefs will go into Lambeau on Sunday night and put a marker down because they recognise they got to keep on winning if they want to play football in, in Arrowhead come January. So, no, I think this is a nice one for the Chiefs. I think they'll, they'll put points and I think they'll beat this Packers team and essentially end the Packers' ambition to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. Ultimately, I think you know Packers are, as I said, they're 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 not in a bad spot here. That's a morale boosting win, but it's a slightly funky divisional game with, with a lot of kind of curious plays and and, and one offs that I'm not necessarily sure are repeatable. And that you know, to your point, I'm not necessarily sure are repeatable against the Chiefs. Um, Rasheed Rice was really good last weekend, and he's someone that the Chiefs have really needed to step up. We talked about how last season you always got somebody stepping forward, whether it was Sky Moore, or Kadarius Tony or someone was making plays, that that hasn't really happened for the Chiefs this year, really until, as you say, they went 14 points down to the Raiders, and you started to see some of the things that they wanted to work well, working well. Also, the run game has been a sneaky success over the past couple of weeks, and Andy Reid has been leaning on that more heavily, and it's been paying dividends. You know, we talked about it at length on the podcast in the past uh, few weeks about how Steve Spagnuolo's defense could, could, continues to, to be a real strength, and they've had to lean on it more heavily this season than they perhaps would have liked to um, and that'll travel well, and I think it'll travel well to Lambo. And I, I do think Kansas City will dig this one out, Colin. Um, I, I can, I absolutely, uh, you know, hear what you're, you're both saying, and, and it could well, you know, prove that they, you know, they Rice get gets going and Mahomes. Um, but it was a divisional game, and we've seen we've seen that before. Going to Lambeau against this Packers team, who are really improving, and Jordan Love had his best game of the year against the Lions, and I think it will be interesting because he is a guy who he sat for too long, and he started the season off, and at times he looked he looked lost. He looked like a deer in the headlights. It was all happening way too quick for him. But as the weeks have gone on, and particularly uh, since that loss to the uh, Vikings, I think at the end of October, he has looked much, much better over the, the past few weeks. It has slowed down for, for him. He's been able uh, to find his uh, receivers. He has the he has the strength. He has the arm uh, talent. And he really put it to, together last week. I... I think they're capable of it. I mean, yeah, like probably, you know, yeah, maybe seven, seven, eight times out of ten, uh, the the Chiefs can are you know are the better team and, and they win it. But I'm gonna say that the the Packers can get the win here, uh, especially because I think Lambo is going to be so up for this. Right, they are surging and they've they've had a tough season. The fans are going to really get behind this, given what happened in the Detroit game. They it won't be comfortable for for the Chiefs. I think the Packers can do it, and I think for for the Chiefs, then I think that's bad news if you're the Buffalo Bills, because I think what what will end up happening is the Chiefs will end up winning their last five games as a as a result, 
Um, but I, I do think um, the Packers can spring the shock uh, on Sunday Night Football. All right. Sometimes good to see that we don't all agree and a little bit of contention in the building. On Monday night, uh, the Bengals are traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. I'll kick off here. I think I really like what I've seen from the Jags in recent weeks. I think they're really playing complementary football and um, particularly impressive by um, what they're doing defensively. You know, the, the, the two linebackers, we talked about them the other night, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen have been electric for them. Um, they've gotten Trevor Lawrence back fully fit now. Knee injury, as, as Doug Peterson was saying a couple of weeks ago, has been hampering him and hampering what they were able to do offensively. I think everything's humming really nicely there. He's got some really good connection going with uh, with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk showing strongly. Um, you know, they're a weapon-rich offense. And when you complement that with the takeaways that they've been getting, and now increasingly uh, the pressure they've been getting on QBs and, and the, the, the sacks and quarterback hits they've been, they've been racking up, I think they're really, really tough out at the moment. And unfortunately, the Bengals, the Burrowless Bengals, well, they played the Steelers tough last week and, and made them grit that one out. Uh, and, you know, as you were saying, Brian, we, we like some of what we've seen from Jake Browning already. Uh, and, you know, you, you hope that uh, this game isn't too much for him. But uh, this is this is a very, very difficult one for, for a quarterback feeling his way into the game. Uh, it's a big spot. Jags chasing the uh, chasing the division win there. And um, I... I, I be fairly confident that they're going to win this one comfortably enough in the end. How do you see it? Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I think we touched on it there for the Dolphins. Like, there's a bigger, there's a bigger story on a play here for this Jags team because of the nature of where they are with the eight and three record. If this, you know, if they were to run the table, they could find themselves in the one seat. So there's a lot to play for with this team. You know, even though they've seemed to put a bit of distance around excellence in terms of winning the division, and they're playing at a level. And and we saw last week in particular what's been really impressive over the course of the season is. Is Ridley and and you know he's a real legitimate number one receiver for them. You, you've seen the bounce in which they've had having him there. You know, as at times last season, you could figure out this offense and slow them down. And that hasn't been the case in a lot of games this year. They've put up a lot of high numbers. And I think on Monday night we saw last week, Jake Brennan was more impressive in the Ravens game. And we did touch on him last week that sometimes when a quarterback comes in, it's unscripted. The team doesn't know how to the defense doesn't know how to react. You get a bounce. But last week. There was a lot of fortunate players in the game last week. It probably meant that the game wasn't as convincing for the Steelers as, as it was. So for me, it's, a, it's I'm with you, I think it's a dominant uh, performance. And I just also we wanted to, you know, to call out is that Kieran uh, Boyd, who does our instant reaction podcast on Sunday, will be at the game in immediate capacity for the Irish NFL show at this game on Monday night. So we'll have some additional content going out from from the game itself. So that's, that's good to see. And, and obviously, hopefully he gets... Some great uh, opportunities to ask questions of the coach and ask questions of, of Trevor Lawrence and hopefully it's after they've had a good, strong win. Great stuff. Looking forward to that column. It, it's kind of very much a last stand for the Bengals before it officially becomes a lost season. And sometimes that can bring the, the very best out of a team. It's not like this team has been all about Joe Burrow. They've had to cope with him injured for the first few games of the season, even as it was. So they have different ways to win, uh, but they'll need to bring everything to the table here if they're going to dig this one out, you would think. They have different ways to win, Connor, but this is this is all about Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, like he he is he's that he's that good and he's that important uh, to them. And yeah, they have a, a good defense. It's why I, you know, and you and I both picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but to go on the road to a team who are playing as well as they are, and it, it was interesting. Um. 
Frankie Abbott, uh, who um, has been on with us uh, on a number of times and done shows with us, and he, but he asked the question as a Broncos fan. He was saying, "Is there, is there um, another example of of a you know a coach or a, a, as transformative an experience going from Nathaniel Hackett uh, to Sean Payton?" And I would say, "Yeah, that that is a big that is a big upgrade." But I would argue that Dougie Patterson uh, from Urban Meyer is a might be even bigger uh, because as bad as Nathaniel Hackett was, and he he was horrific and he remains horrific as an offensive coordinator, uh, he wasn't going around kicking players. He wasn't going around in, like, you know, uh, not flying back on the team plane to go out drinking uh, with young co-eds. Um, he, uh, and the litany of um, shenanigans that Urban engaged in. Uh, so to, to go to, to that, I would argue, is is probably as big a jump. And I've been really impressed at what Doug has done um, in Jacksonville. I think what you're also seeing is Trevor Lawrence, who uh, has had was clearly carrying an injury. Um, and in a season where, you know, whether somebody is injured or, or not, uh, and how injured they are, uh, has been a, a discussion point. I do think Trevor Lawrence was carrying an injury. And uh, I think he he looks a lot better, a lot freer, a lot more mobile over the past few weeks. Um, I I think that we talked about it. Uh, certainly, I mentioned it on Monday. Uh, playing a contract year um, has brought the very best out of Josh Allen. I hope he gets all of the money because the players deserve it. Um, and I just think that um, the Jags will have a little too much for a Burrowless Bengals on Monday night. All right, Colin, the Florida and Ohio State fans will be coming for you now over your traducing of, of Urban Meyer, who clearly wasn't given enough chance to succeed in, in the NFL, only got 13 games, and how, how unfortunate it was. We uh, well, we I, we have uh, some some great um, kind of content. Obviously, Brian, you mentioned earlier, you have the podcast coming up, how the podcast um, with Seth Walder from ESPN. And on the day that um, the Spotify dropped uh, the wrapped, uh, thanks to everyone who does listen. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you enjoy the, the podcast, please do rate, review, and subscribe on what, whatever platform, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts, or wherever else. Uh, you know, it makes a real difference. It does help other people and new people to, to find us. And uh, that is what we are all about. Yeah, looking forward to unwrapping my own wrapped column. All those Taylor Swift songs are clearly, that's my daughter listening to the Spotify and they will they will sign an asset David to that effect. <laughs> uh, well, we, lots, to, lots to look forward to. And we, uh, we are uh, back, uh, obviously, next uh, next week. What, what are we, is next week, are we going to be at the 75% mark after this weekend in terms of what's left? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we're getting to that that stage of the season where if you're you're definitely imagine you're using the column now, which is the ESPN predictor machine every week, selecting every game and uh, the direct link to if the season was to end today, who'd be in the playoffs and who's not. But it's a lot of excitement. There's a lot more Saturday games to come as well. The NFL will be announcing their three games for the week prior to Christmas. There's also then a Saturday game, which is it's right up your street now, Connor. Twenty uh, third of December, Saturday night, half nine. The Steelers hosting the Bengals, of course, yeah. The magic of Steelers. But now, all joking aside, some great, and, and it helps 
it helps us because it you know breaks up the breaks up the games. There's more podcasts to discuss different games and different permutations and stuff. So looking forward to December's action to come. Season only starts as a cliche goes after Thanksgiving. Anyway, we're looking forward to it. <laughs>